Soldier Boy Tell. Hey, I got this new damn for y'all called a Soldier Boy. You got a punch, then crank back three times from left to right. What's up, everybody? It's James tonight doing a little special segment with my with my boy Steven Jerisi. Going to be coming on any second now. So I just want to give let everybody know it's review and preview on a special edition. Follow Anchor, Facebook, YouTube, um, all that good stuff to see our show and everything. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, this podcast and show will be going up on there as well. Um, either highlights or the whole show. We'll see how that goes. Um, and check out our all our other content it's pretty good stuff we have going on so without before i bring steven on um and if you have any comments shoot them away i before i bring steven on i did do a little thing he's a big ravens fan as some of you guys know and if not he is a big ravens fan i had a little help this morning uh, because my sister's all into this graphic stuff that's part of the major what whatnot i did a little intro video for steven hold on the mvp front runner if anybody else got to say something different about that then come see me I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Steven, what's up, buddy? <laughs> How do you like yeah, it? Thanks, thank you. Oh, yeah. Nice. Listen, I, I try to do something different because I know the last time I had you on, it was, it was more of, oh, here's Steven. I needed to do something a little different. Mark Ingram, I mean, unfortunately, they did let Mark Ingram go. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. You know what? He, uh, I think it's time for the younger guys to kind of show their their stuff at this point. You know, we spent uh, a second round draft pick on J.K. Dobbins last year, uh, Gus Edwards uh, a few years back, I think, from that. But he he's also he's also been showing his worth. Um, I really think that it's time for these younger guys to kind of uh, to kind of step up at this point. Ingram was losing uh, carries towards the end of the season. He was fantastic last year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he was great at the beginning of this season as well. But I think at this point, it really is time for uh, some of these younger backs to kind of step up and kind of prove their worth. But it was great for me to get introduced by uh, by Mark Ingram. I'd, uh, I did love that. No problem. Listen, if we were at work way, way back when, uh, you know, you were at the MVP at times yes. between we'll call box office manager, front of house yeah. guy helping me out and all that stuff. So I figured I could throw you some love. No, um, no problem. Actually, how do you like my? How do you like this? Uh, this shirt. Oh, I, I, you know what? I do like that. Uh, you know what? We, <laughs> our stage definitely needs to be saved. <laughs> yeah, oh, a lot oh, of them oh, do. Yeah. So, I'm, I, I, I'm for the cause. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I had to support it. So, we when I first started working way back when, um, with you, I found out you were a Ravens fan. I was like a little confused because you're a New York guy. Then your cousin also is, um, you know, a, a 49ers fan, Cowboys fan, whatever, what have you. Yes. But how did you become a Ravens fan? Okay, so so it's pretty, it's a you know kind of a long story. First of all, I wanna I wanna make it clear, I'm not a front runner. I was not. Uh, I didn't start becoming a Ravens fan. You could testify to this. I didn't become a Ravens fan last year during no, MVP reign. So I, I want to <laughs> get that out, out of the way first. Uh, I was actually I, I I became a Ravens fan. Uh, I would I want to say oof, I would maybe about uh, tw- twelve years ago because uh, it was the two thousand eight to two thousand nine season, and it was the playoffs uh, of of that year. So we were mm-hmm. in two thousand nine. Um, 
I was over a friend's house uh, and uh, the game was on for, he was watching the game and he was watching uh, the game between the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, I think it was a night game. I, I think the, the, this is, this is how my memory works. This, the, the Steelers were wearing those killer B outfits with the yellow. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. See, this is how, uh, this is how vivid I remember it. Uh, <laughs> they lost the Ravens lost that game 24 to 31. Cause they lost by about, I think about a touchdown. Um, mm. but, uh, and, and the Steelers wound up winning the Super Bowl that year. Um, but, uh, I, I, I was a huge fan. That was probably the first time I really watched a football game in full because at our house, you know, we're, we're huge Yankees fans. Yep. We don't watch a lot of hockey. We don't watch a lot of basketball kind of either way. Um, you know, my mother is a Jets fan, but again, I, I was never really that into it. I, I, or so I thought until I really sat down and watched the game in full. I watched that game. Uh, I had no idea where Baltimore was on a map, let alone, uh, you know, the rules of the sport. Mm. Uh, I was, uh, 10 years old, maybe I was nine years old, probably. Uh, I, I fell in love with it. Uh, I, I, I loved the colors. Purple is my favorite color. So it was almost as simple as that really. Uh, you know, but from then I started developing more of an interest in the team. I learned more about the history behind the team with, with players like Ray Lewis, uh, Terrell Suggs, uh, Jonathan Ogden, uh, Joe Flacco, I, I kind of came up during the Joe Flacco era of him, you know, being the, the elite quarterback, as you might, uh, as, as, as <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I've been a fan for a long time. Uh, thankfully a lot of it has been in a high cause the Ravens have been consistently a, a pretty good team a few years in the mid 2015s, uh, mm-hmm. to 2016, 2017, we were a little bit lower, but we're starting to get our way back up now. Yeah, no, hey, that that's pretty interesting. I know you told me that when I first started working around, it was around probably two years ago. I'm not going to start doing the math and whatnot. Um, but I was like, I was like, why is he a, like coming in with Ravens shirt, you know, and then watching the game as the Ravens. And I was like, you know what? All right. At least, you know, this is football. Like, let, let, let's see, like what. But then the Ravens, I'm like, hey, listen, you know what? Everybody comes, like you said, you saw it on TV and you just loved it from day one when you start guys if you want shoot steven and myself comments do you want to say hello whatever shoot us a comment i'll pin it for you and we'll discuss it um yeah so i just wanted to get everybody a little give everybody a little history lesson on how you became a ravens fan i know that i'm pretty sure if this was normal times this weekend we would have been working we would you would have probably had the game on i actually was sitting home watching it and I was thinking, man, you know, if if we had a show right now and I would be out front, Stephen would be in the box. So I'm pretty sure over the radio, he'd be like, but I, I, I got to turn it off because they're not looking too good or whatnot. But actually, let's start going into that. So I think it came out on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Mark Ingram uh, was let go. So we saw come playoff time that he wasn't really in the starting lineup. He was a healthy scratch, I think. He wasn't even he was- yeah. He was a healthy scratch because I think what came down it was he wasn't able he wasn't playing special teams. Okay. Um, from at least what one of the announcers were saying, they he wasn't playing special teams, so they had to go with the Dobbins and um, Edwards um, as your two running backs, since one of them could play special teams. So, how yeah. do you feel losing Mark Ingram? So, you know, initially when when they when they signed him. Uh, Last off season, so or or I guess you could say two off seasons ago at this point now, but but last off season really when they when they signed him, I was scratching my head a little bit at the deal because they gave him I believe a four year deal. Mm. Uh, it was a twenty eight million dollar deal. Uh, he's thirty one now, so he was I think maybe twenty nine at that point. You know you know the 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 story about running backs when when they turn thirty they kind of tail off. Yep. So I was a little bit apprehensive at first to the deal. Um, I, I watched a lot of New Orleans ball. I obviously knew who Mark Ingram was. He's a Heisman winner. He's a great player. Um, but, you know, I, I, I when I saw it, I kind of said, well, I think they're kind of letting him go because Kamara was, you know, kind of coming in as that, you know, kind of number one running back in New Orleans at the time. And I understood why they were getting rid of him. And I said, I wasn't I wasn't sure at first about the deal. When I watched last last year when we had that tremendous run, I thought, wow, this guy's great. He's fantastic. He is an amazing running back, and he really was for us. He was great last year. Um, 
Now he did turn 30 and, you know, he was getting older. So they drafted JK Dobbins in this draft. Mm -hmm. uh, and they also, you know, gave Gus Edwards some snaps more uh, Ingram got injured. And I kind of think it was almost a perfect storm, kind of like a changing of the guard type of thing uh, where uh, JK Dobbins was getting more snaps. He really showed off. Uh, Gus Edwards was also, you know, performing to a high level as well. Um, Honestly, I was watching the games, and sometimes when you know you you could account for this, James. I think you know you probably were feeling this way when Odell Beckham left. You would watch a game, and you'd say, you know, damn, I really wish, I really miss old OBJ, or I really miss that player. He's injured today. I'm, I'm sure the Chiefs felt that when when Chad Henney, 39 year old Chad Henney, was playing this uh, this Saturday or Sunday. But, oh yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you watch a game and you'll say, damn, I really miss that player, and and I you you, you watch a certain play and you say, wow, mm -hmm. we had this player, that play would have been different. I really didn't get that feeling when I was watching the Ravens games lately um, without Mark Ingram on the field. He was, you know, at the end of the season, they scratched him. I honestly think they probably scratched him because they he wasn't getting a lot of snaps in the midseason, and, and I don't think they wanted to put him in come playoff time, you know, in, in regards to team cohesiveness. Um, and at that point, if you're paying this guy $9 million a year, you know, it just doesn't make sense to have him on that heavy of a deal and you have a second round draft pick who, who really I think played very well this season uh who's young you know ready to step up and looks like he has the tools to become a number one back you know so I I really just didn't get it I really didn't uh I really it, excuse me it made sense to me that mm -hmm. they kind of let him go I, I really thought he was a great locker room leader but uh for nine million dollars a year really no 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 area of play it doesn't make sense yeah, and, and to keep somebody nine million dollars a year on on the bench, you know, yeah. as a healthy scratch in the playoff, really doesn't help your team in the off season or in the long run because the that one person's eating up all that cap space. Where if they cut them, they save a few, or if they trade them, again they save. So looking looking into this game against uh, the Bills, unfortunately, you guys did lose. Um, Lamar went for went fourteen for twenty four with one hundred and sixty two yards with an INT interception. Yeah. Edwards and Dobbins both had 10 carries, 42 yards. They're your number one, number two backs, um, yeah. which we just said. And yeah. it makes sense. They look pretty good as year one and two. Um, so with with an even load, um, which is helpful because you don't have one running back doing too much compared to another. But then we saw Lamar. He he. At least from my eyes, he wasn't himself. Like, in a sense, he was more—he was scrambling all over the place. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even trying to be a pass apocker, which we both know. Which fans yeah. of and if the NFL know that he likes to run all over the place and do magic tricks and whatnot. How do you feel about Lamar's play? But do you see him more as a running back, or do you see him more as a quarterback? I'll give my opinion once once you yeah. say yours. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Uh, his MVP run last year, uh, you know, everybody, he was known for his running and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the passing was kind of a, you know, a, kind of in the, the rear view mirror because it, people just knew he was an amazing runner uh, and they thought, okay, well, you know, you know, there's there, you know, he can still develop that more uh, this year. I will admit, and I, and I think this could be caused by a multitude of factors, this year, I will admit, I was a bit disappointed by how much he stepped up in his passing this year. I really thought mm -hmm. we were going to see a bigger step up in terms of how he was going to be able to throw the ball. Now, this can also be, be a question of who he was throwing the ball to. Um, there were some questionable, you know, receivers, uh, you know, I, I don't always think he had the greatest protection uh, this mm -hmm. year. We did lose Marshall Yonda in the offseason, and he was a, a, a perennial All-Pro. Um, yep. So there was, you know, there was some some questionable pieces around him on that offense. But I really did expect him to make better use of what he had. Um, uh, you know, I I I, uh, I didn't wasn't expecting Patrick Mahomes numbers by any means, but I was hoping that in games like the game against Buffalo, uh, that he would be a bit more comfortable in that pocket, being able to. Uh, complete passes down the field that had that were associated with some yards that really mm. would go some some you know 15 20 yard plays something along those lines 
where we would see him, uh, you know, kind of gaining ground with his with his arm and not his legs. Uh, I think it. I think next. I think really, my, in my opinion, this is the off season where, you know, I, th- I think kind of uh, the excuses are kind of going to have to be off the table. He's going to have to develop that passing uh, that passing ability. You know, I, I I I love to watch him. I love to watch him in that Tennessee game. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and and honestly, I think uh, I think he, for the most part, the defense really showed out in that Buffalo game. And I, you know, I thought he was, you know, kind of just, you know really, really didn't play up to snuff in that Buffalo game. Uh, but, you know, you could, it could be a lot of things. It could have been, the, you know, the weather, uh, you know, he did get a concussion. Uh, the defense yep. was playing great for Buffalo. Um, but, you know, he did have that costly pick six, which to me looked like he was trying to force that ball in there. Um, you know, so it, I think the passing aspect of his game really needs to be developed in this offseason in in a, in a multitude of factors in, in terms of IQ with knowing what to do with the ball uh in terms of you know being able to get the receivers open uh I think there's a lot of that he has to work on uh, or else there are some serious questions that are going to start being asked about him which they already you know, are I can argue no I I agree with you I think that I would have hoped to see him get his at least passing game somewhat better in year two yeah. and not going into year three, yeah. just because our, our first year quarterback just trying to learn a system, whatever sure. year two. I mean, you, you got to start learning stuff. Um, yeah. I, I see personally, I see more as a running back, more as a running quarterback, because we see this with Pat Mahomes, right? Yeah. Uh, not to get off topic from the Ravens, but Pat Mahomes can do both. He yeah. can stand in the pocket, throw a deep ball. Not that I'm saying Lamar can't, no. um, but, then you see also Pat Mahomes run out of the pocket, can get a few yards, get a first down. But Lamar, in my sense, was in my mind, at least what I saw, he was taking off so much in this game that he also put a disadvantage on his team and himself because realistically, even if you get you scramble out of the pocket, you only get two yards. But if you throw the ball away or you at least try to complete the pass – you yeah. give your opportunity to have a bigger chance of scoring, at least going for a drive. Yeah. That's that's how I see it. Um, Tom Scavetta here with a comment went from potentially 10 to 10 to 17 to 3 in the blink of an eye, definitely turning point of the game. Tommy, yeah, bring up an excellent point. Right. Tom, you're 100% right. Even 10 6, you know, even 10 6, yeah. if that interception doesn't happen, uh, you kick a field goal. I think you had, I think he had maybe 10 minutes left in the third quarter, 10 to seven around that area. Uh, so yeah. you kick a field goal, it's 10, six, you have plenty of time to kick two field goals or even get a touchdown. Uh, but to, you know, to put the game at 17 to three down two touchdowns in the middle of the third quarter, mid to early third quarter, we'll say uh, it's a big, it's a big obstacle to overcome for the Ravens, especially on a, a team that you can't, you're not just gonna, you're just not gonna see chunk plays through the air. You're just gonna see them throw on the feet. So, exactly. I mean, the Bills' defense looks phenomenal. They look good. They look strong. I mean, they, their oh, guys oh, are phenomenal. Yeah. I, I mean, now your kicker, yeah. Mr. Automatic. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Yeah. No, I. People saying because of the weather and all this stuff. What do you? What did you see? So, so I think the wind definitely played a factor into it. I do, but as we know, uh, or as I know, if you if you watch the Tennessee game before this, uh, he missed a field goal uh, in the Tennessee game as well. I, I think it was a fifty, a, a, a forty to fifty yard field goal. Uh, so it was much, you know, it was a you know considerably far distance. Uh, but I'm as a Ravens fan watching. Justin Tucker for the past seven to eight years, I'm accustomed to him to those being basically chip shots for him. Um, so my take on it is that he's 31 now. Mm. Uh, I definitely think he is probably showing a little bit of decline. I, I think probably at this point uh, he is might not be the kicker, the kicker that he used to be, but yeah. that, that kicker was phenomenal. That was, you know, and, and he was a phenomenal cooker for, I would want to say at least six years, you know, phenomenal kicker, arguably first team all pro 
you know, arguably the best kicker in the league. There have been some, you know, that have come and came and went like Dan Bailey, um, you know, but arguably a, uh, one of the best kickers in the NFL, definitely, I would say. Um, and I do think he is starting to decline a little bit. Do we need to go out and draft a kicker in this upcoming draft? No, we don't. But I do think, you know, there are they, they, that the the field goals in the past that, you know, these some of these announcers would kind of, you know, as we see in the games, these, these announcers are saying, oh, Mr. Automatic, he, this is a cheap a chip shot for him. I don't think I don't think that we can kind of have that, you know, stigma around him for much longer. But yeah, again, he is still a great kicker. You know, uh, he is. I mean, sometimes you always get that announcer curse. Yeah, we, we've seen that often enough. And unfortunately, uh, we've seen that at work in the past. We, we'd say we walk in, nothing's going to go wrong. And well, uh, oh, it yeah. went wrong. I and, know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> we know too well. Um, so you did bring up the draft, the offseason. Yep. So what do you see the Ravens need to do? Um, yeah. Do you need us? Not that I'm saying Lamar's not your answer, but do you need to look at a quarterback? Do you need to look at. A, a, a true number one wide, wide receiver because Des Bryant is not your answer. He's not exposing defenses like he used to in his glory days in the Cowboy at the Cowboys. So I I, 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 I like that you brought that up because I was going to play off that. I think at this point, if Des Bryant was going to become our number one receiver, he would have showed signs of that by now. I mean, he's played mm-hmm. half the season, including two playoff games, uh, about half the season. Uh, and he hasn't really showed any signs of being close to the Des Bryant of old. Um, he had, he, you know, considering our receiving core, which includes a five foot nine Hollywood Brown and uh, Miles Boykins and Willie Sneed, who are n- nothing to write home about. You know, let's just be honest. Uh, considering, I mean, it's not Juju Smith Schuster and Chase Claypool that you know Des Bryant is battling for snaps with. You know, I. I I would have thought it at this point, you know, Des Bryant could have came in and became our number one receiver very quickly if he was still that that player. He's not. Uh and I and like I said, I don't think Lamar can keep uh can keep using Mark Andrews, who is a in my opinion, a top three tight end in the league, as his bailout option because eventually he's going to get uh he's going to get, you know, defenses are going to adjust to him and uh, he's not going to be as useful as, as, you know, as prior to. Uh, So I do think that the Ravens need to look at this year drafting a number one wide receiver. I think they need to spend their first round pick on a wide receiver. There is plenty of options in this draft. I Mm -hmm. don't think that the current Heisman winner uh, will still be there. Devontae Smith, I don't think he will still be there. I don't think uh, that there will be uh, Jalen Waddle. I don't think out of Alabama. I don't know if he will still be there at that point. Um, depends on how you know wide receiver hungry the player, the teams before us are going to be. But either way, I think this draft is is full of uh, you know receivers that could step in and become number one options for the Ravens. The only issue is that the Ravens really struggle in drafting wide receivers. I mean, it was a huge story that the Ravens decided to skip over DK Metcalf in the draft. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I believe it was the 2018 draft. Uh, uh, yes, I believe. I'm not sure about that. At 2019, I want to say, because 2018 was when we drafted Lamar. Um, yeah. So the 2019 draft, they decided to skip over DK Metcalf and I believe AJ Brown too by drafting Hollywood Brown. Um, now, you know, am I am I a, a NFL scout? Am I an NFL GM? I'm not, but I I think at this point, as far as I can know, in terms of watching Ravens football, we have never had a true number one wide receiver. I just I just look at it like this. I've been to a plenty of Ravens games in, in Baltimore. Um, I've been to plenty of Ravens games away at, at, as their away team at, in the Meadowlands. And I rarely see a Ravens fan wearing a jersey of a Ravens wide receiver. I just never see it, really. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Torrey Smith, I mean, or, or maybe Anquan Bolden. But, you know, those maybe. guys, you know, number two wide receivers at best back in the day. Um, so we really haven't had a number one wide receiver I wonder if the Ravens are even able to draft one that's a number one at this point. Uh, I hope they are. Uh, uh, besides that, I also do think they need to strengthen their offensive line with maybe a, a mid uh, mid to early round draft picked on, uh, on the offensive line as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you also probably have to address that offensive line as well yeah. to keep Lamar project, protected and also keeping Edwards and Dobbins able to get That's good yards. yards. So, realistically, you got more pieces to look at, at least from what we were talking about on offense yeah. um, to pick up, which I do agree that you guys probably need a number one wide receiver because we saw this in Buffalo. Buff- yeah, we- Buffalo really didn't have a number one. They brought in Cole Beasley from the Cowboys. He's a great slot guy. He put up phenomenal numbers, I can tell you. I passed him on my fantasy draft this past year. I'm like, I had him for the for the prior year. I'm like, listen, he ain't do much for me. Why am I going to pick him up? And then he's dropping 100-yard games and like dropping yep. uh, like 35 points or whatnot. And then I'm like, damn, I really wish I picked him up. Yes. But then the Bills pick up Stefan Diggs from the Vikings. And yeah. we've seen – He's a bad man. I, I mean, he just, he destroys a lot of defenses. We've seen what he what he's been able to help with Josh Allen with the Bills and stuff. So, I think you guys do need to address that wide receiver core. Yeah, I, I think so too. At this point, you can't expect Hollywood Brown to become this wide receiver. Just just in terms of his intangibles, in terms of his height, it, no defense is really going to look at uh, Hollywood Brown as a number one option. I think if we are able to gets uh, somebody that's a true number one, a big lanky guy that's able to get a, have a big catch radius, uh, you know, able to make those 50, 50 balls, jump balls or, you know, cause uh, Lamar, let's face it. Lamar's accuracy is not pinpoint. So I no, think able to go out and make those catches uh, would be a big ad for the Ravens office. And I think it will be able to open up more of their offense in terms of their tight end, in terms of their slot receiver. Maybe we could see Hollywood Brown become something then, uh, so we'll see what happens, but I definitely think in this upcoming draft they need to focus on receiving core. Their receiving core. So now, what if they don't draft a wide receiver? They draft like an offensive defensive guy. But now you look at um, my perfect example is the Cowboys. I keep referencing them, unfortunately, even though I don't like them as a team. Um, but they have so many wide receivers between Cooper, C.D. Yeah. Lamb. Um, I'm probably forget. I'm forgetting a few more. But now the Cowboys want to play Dak. So if they they take away – say they drop Cooper, right? Because they're probably not going to let CeeDee Lamb go. Would no, you guys not. Would you guys want to pick up somebody like Cooper or would you guys kind of look at – You like, know what? I, 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 I get what you're saying and it makes sense to me. Uh, the only the – only, I don't even – first of all, they just signed – they just signed Amari Cooper, I think. Is what yeah. They, Find him this offseason, so he might not even be available. But I, I, like a player like him, he was. Uh, you know what? It's a big question because the Ravens are are having are struggling in drafting wide receiver talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally think the Ravens are in a position now where they kind of need to start winning. They are they have a team that really is a, kind of in a win now mode. I, I the Ravens are not in a rebuild, so I, I you know I don't think there's there's the you know there's the answer about that. I think that, you know, personally, the Ravens have always been good about drafting for talent instead of really, mm-hmm. you know, so, so instead of sort of pigeonholing a, a player into their position because they need it or whatever. I think they've always been good with with neat, with drafting for talent. Uh, so yeah. I think depending on how the offseason plays out, if there is a wide receiver out there, I think it would be beneficial for the Ravens to try and explore signing them uh, instead, you know, because at that point they can have somebody that's already kind of proven somebody that, that they, they don't need to build from the ground up. Um, somebody that, you know, can kind of step in and, you know, start kind of bolster the Ravens efforts at being a win now team. Uh, so, it, so it, you know, that is a big thing. If they, if they're able to get that, uh, I would certainly wouldn't mind it. Uh, I saw something recently where the Ravens were, uh, where there was a projected trade for, uh, the Ravens and the Falcons for Julio Jones. Mm. Uh, I think Julio Jones is a player that will probably be on the trade market considering the Falcons seem to be in a rebuild. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I definitely wouldn't mind it. I don't think Julio Jones is the player that he used to be. Um, I think there, there's been a little bit of drop off, but I still think he's a fantastic player, a fantastic catcher. And he would certainly be our number one option. Um, you know, so I, I think it would be, you know, I think the Ravens have some, some, you know, opportunity to try and reach out to some of these teams, excuse me, and try and dangle a pick in front of them to try and get some of these, you know, you know, some more of these proven players. If that doesn't work, uh, I think with, you know, this draft being so wide receiver heavy, I think uh, they have a pretty good chance of being able to draft somebody that's ready to go, though, as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Um, so that pretty wraps up the Ravens. The questions I had for you, it was a great summary. I mean, you, you kind of touched on what they need to do for this yeah. offseason. Um, so now we look into the NFL. We saw last week Drew Brees probably played his last game um, ever as an NFL quarterback. Sad to see him. They had a nice little moment with Brees, Brady on the field with his kids after yeah. everybody left in the Superdome. Now we look ahead into this week. So I don't know if you saw the Pat Mahomes uh, Patriots. Uh, yes, I did watch that game. Yeah, Chiefs game. Wow, English James uh, Chiefs game, um, and. You saw Pat Mahomes go down. So, and they play the Bills Sunday at 640. What's your feeling on this? Does Pat Mahomes get clearance? Does he start? Or do they go with their 39-year-old quarterback and see what they got? Okay, so here's here's my take on this. I think if the I think if the Chiefs put Chad Henney out for the full game, I think they have a very high chance of losing that game because I don't think the yeah. Chiefs defense is very good. Uh, I think that the Chiefs offense is kind of their big, you know, point of victory. And I think Patrick Mahomes is a huge percentage of that. Mm. Uh, so I think that their their chances of being this dominant team or even winning, I think, are very, you know, very drastically lowered when uh, if Chad Henney is going to become that starting quarterback. That being said, when I was watching the Chiefs game on uh, Sunday, when when it when the concussion occur concussion occurred. I watched it and uh, and I said to myself, you know, uh, listen, I'm no medical doctor, medical expert, concussion expert, mm-hmm. sure not. But I watched it and I said I didn't even see a point where his head was hit by anything, you know. And I and, and I'm you know uh, the, the Instagram uh, doctors are all saying it's a uh, you know the force from the force from a, a head will jerk your head back and cause a concussion. I have no idea, but I I looked at it and I said this was at you know from a, at the, at the least bit a little bit questionable of a concussion that being said I'm no doctor I hear yeah. now that it's being put out that he is possibly going to be able to play and, and it was a pinched nerve That's now, I can definitely understand him getting hit in the neck and it kind of uh you know causing this big reaction in his body uh with nerves over there and making it you know look like something in a, in the rush of a moment where it looks like he's a you know concussed or whatever um i think there are some i think there's pretty good chances that the chiefs will have patrick mahomes on that field uh this this weekend um i think if the Chiefs have him on the field, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think I would probably still think that the Chiefs would win with Patrick Mahomes, even though I think it will be very close. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if they do not have him on that field, uh, it's going to be very, very, very scary for Chiefs fans. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, the Chiefs, I think, though, Pat Mahomes, I think, even did a walkthrough today. I saw um, like a light walkthrough. Okay. In practice today um so we'll see what he's how he feels i personally don't even know who i want to pick yet because it depends if pat mahomes plays mostly yeah, yeah, I'm going with the chiefs. yeah but then if he doesn't with the bills and the chiefs are home so right now it really doesn't make a difference because no stadiums at no. capacity but um that should be a good game and then we got at 305. I went a little backwards here, but we got the NFC game. The reason why I went backwards, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, on my other show on Review and Preview we had last night, uh, you'll see it. I think we posted the um, the Divisional ch- Conference Championship discussion up on our YouTube page. Check that out. Um, I, went, I went on a little rant. I removed Tom and uh, Kyle from the screen. And I went on a little rant. My little rant was, I'm not a big Tom Brady guy. Um, I can't I can't stand him in the playoffs so much as he is because it's just ridiculous. Um, he he just I, I respect him winning and all that stuff. But I think, you know, he needs to he needs to stop like a, a year. He needs to lose. Um, so I wasn't really looking forward. Like I was watching new. I, I was rooting for New Orleans, not because it was Drew Brees' last game, because I wanted I wanted to see Tom Brady lose so bad. Um, and that's coming from a big New York Giants guy. Um, 
So I went on a little rant. I'm not going to do it here. But you guys, if you guys want to see that rant, I'm sure it's up on YouTube or even go on last night's episode on our Facebook page. You'll have to – you guys can skip over half half of it to get the, to my rant. Because um, I think that – I think I was hilarious. But, you know, I'm, I'm not filling stadiums yet, unfortunately. <laughs> so the Bucks in Green Bay, that's going to be a good game. A five against one seed, Aaron Rodgers – Looking phenomenal. Looking, he. I think he's going to win MVP. I think it's. I think it's a lock at this point. I know the players um, most influenced that, but I think it's a lock. He should win MVP easily. So Bucks uh, go to Green Bay. It's supposed to be about twenty-ish degrees, somewhere around there. Possible snow, which I would love a snow playoff game. How do you feel about this game? Yeah. So so here's the thing. Uh, I think in the – just to go back to the Bills and the Chiefs game, if yep. there's a percentage of snow, if there's a chance of any of that, I don't think it's going to affect those two teams that much. I think the Bills will be fine playing in cold weather. I th- weather. I think the Chiefs will too. I can't say the same for the Buccaneers though. I think the Buccaneers, if they are going to go into the into Lambeau and it's cold, I think they will – there will be some, you know, some, some difficulty and, and uh, in playing uh, – in playing to that, you know, to that, you know, uh, to that – style almost yeah. uh you know tom brady of course won't have any issue i don't think because he, he's used to playing in these afc you know north afc uh east battles you know in the play come playoff time um but i do think that there will be uh some some issues with some of the, the buccaneers players i personally think that the green uh, the green bay packers will win that game uh, i think there's too much riding on them uh i i think that they have looked like the better team throughout the year um, there was a lot of time in this season where the Buccaneers did not look like they were going to be as good as they were, you know, chalked up to be in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of struggle. You know, there was a lot of uh, points at times where people were criticizing Bruce Arians and how he was sort of uh, maybe doing too much to change the way Tom Brady was trying to play the game. Uh, of course, now Bruce Arians has come out and say, oh, I don't even sometimes I don't even call plays and I just let Tom do his thing. I don't know how much of that is kind of trying to, to, you know, dispel a narrative or how Mm. that's true, but I do think the Buccaneers haven't looked like a complete team as much as the Packers have. And I just think the Packers being home, uh, having Aaron Rodgers be in the, in the best shape we've seen him in for a a considerable amount of time, uh, them having a a pretty solid defense as well as a, a very sufficient offense. Um, yep. I think they will go in and I think they will win that game. Uh, but I think it will be a good game. I, I don't really see Tom Brady sort of bowing out like he did last year against the Titans. I mean, that game last year, I, I you know, he, he didn't look very, uh, you know, very strong, very, you know, very, you know, willed. Uh, I think we will see him sort of be, you know, uh, locked into this game. I think he definitely has a team that is, is a lot better than he had last year, last year as the, in the Patriots, uh, you mm-hmm. know, you know, uh, not considering the coaching and everything. Uh, but I do think that this will be a great game, but I do have the Packers winning it. You know, th- this should be a good game. It's uh, We started last week against New Orleans and um, Tampa Bay, two old men going after it. Um, yeah. Tom Brady being 42, Drew Brees being 40-41. Uh, yeah. This week we get somewhat of an old man game. We get uh, Tom Brady 42-43, and then we get uh, Aaron Rodgers, as I think he's 37-38. Um, playing like it, though. He's definitely no, he, like neither of them are playing like it, which is great. I think the Packers defense showed us last week that they really stepped up. I think they keep that same intensity. I think also what was good was uh, Aaron Rodgers is able to trust other wide receivers yeah, um, other than Adams Probably. because if you just throw it to him the whole entire time, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Um, so, but they look good. Tampa Bay also look good. Their defense is good. Um, I would say I want to root for JPP because when he was on the Giants, I was a big JPP guy. But I don't. I, to be honest, I don't want to root for him because he's destroying Aaron Rodgers. He'll be destroying Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm looking forward to that. So realistically, in this in this big game Super Bowl, we're going to have an old man versus a young guy. Sure. Yeah. Anybody that comes out of the AFC is going to be very young. So you're right. Because they're about 22 to the 25 year old range, 24, 25 year old range. Um, So realistically, it's 
going to be a young gun versus uh, one of the any of the, either the oldest person that's been in the league or one of the oldest person, meaning Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah. in the Super Bowl against one of the youngest. So, which should make for an exciting Super Bowl. And also, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to this weekend. I am. Um, you know, I mean, there's not much to look forward to on weekends anymore. We're not working weekends anymore. So, you know, it's, it's difficult, man. You know, I got to get some excitement back. Well, that, you know? that's Let me tell you something else, not even related to football, but uh, I am going to be watching these games. But as soon as uh, UFC two, 257 comes on, man, I'm watching Conor McGregor t- uh, Saturday night. Uh, oh, yeah. Any UFC fans in the chat, I know they will be watching too. So, uh, uh, you're a big UFC guy. Maybe I'll have to sit down with you and discuss UFC soon because I know you you would have it on. I'd be in the back on my computer doing work in the middle of the week, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, you know how it is. Oh, man. I've the whole staff into it. Oh. Yep. Oh, man. Those, those good times. But as we don't want to get too much off topic, but you know what? Maybe I'll have to sit down with you eventually and discuss some UFC with that. you on that. Maybe I'll get like uh, Dan on or something. Be like, Dan, how was your? Well, what was your reactions when you just heard Steven? Yes. <laughs> so, um, but let's move on. Yeah. So we're going to move on. We're going to do it from football to baseball. Yeah. Um. So your New York Yankees made some big oh, yeah. deals this week. They, they brought back DJ for six years, ninety million. So it breaks down to fifteen million each year. Yeah. Um, and then you guys also got, I have it on here, Kluber for one year, 11 million deal. Um, so obviously bringing DJ back is huge, um, because he's going to help you guys out. He was, I mean, he was pretty much your MVP of the team in a sense last year. So tell me last two years. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about the DJ signing and also the Kluber signing, because will that solidify then your starting rotation? Yeah. Okay. So, so let's, uh, let's start with DJ. Um, personally, I really, as a, as a New York Yankee fan, uh, having watched most of the games during this season and definitely pretty much all of the games the previous year, uh, I love this. I love the, the, uh, the signing. I think that it's a great, uh, signing. Um, I think that it is, uh, you know, fairly cost friendly, fairly efficient, mm-hmm. uh, as a fan, I wasn't expecting us to get anywhere close to the deal that we brought him in on when he was coming out of, I believe, Colorado. Um, you know, he, at that point, you know, he had, didn't really look like he was the MVP player uh, that he has shown himself to be now. Uh, so I knew we were going to have to cough up some money to him. Um, but as a Yankee fan, I am used to them giving uh, some of these big name uh, players from uh, other teams these huge 10 year deals, like, like the Jacoby Ellsbury deal. I think they're, we're still paying the guy and he's in like single A, um, you know, you know, players like him, I'm used to them signing players from other teams, giving them these huge deals. Sometimes they plan out great. Sometimes we just wind up paying these guys that don't even look close to their former selves. I don't think that that's going to be a problem with DJ. I think he is a great player. I think that his game is really based around, uh, uh, clutch hitting, uh, efficient mm-hmm. hitting, high average player. Yep. I don't think that you have to worry about the power going down because he, let's be honest, he doesn't have that much power to begin with. I mean, he, he's, he, you know, he's capable of hitting the long ball, but I'm not so worried about him, you know, dropping off terribly in terms of home runs. Uh, I think he is a great player. I think that we signed him for a great deal. Uh, and I think he will continue to produce at a high level for us for, you know, the next six years. I, I would, I would love um, going off of that into the Corey Kluber deal. One year, $11 million. Uh, the Yankees are the Yankees. So money is kind of not even a thing at that point to look at with them. You know, it, it doesn't really matter to them. Um, but with Corey Kluber, um, I remember, a few years back, 2017, when we were in a playoff battle with them, uh, and they were kind of, you know, they put him out, and you know, to at that point he was, you know, huge. At that point, he was a great, uh, a, a number one pitcher, an ace, so to speak. Uh, and I was very worried about why, you know, versing him in that playoff series. I remember Game mm-hmm. Five, they brought him out against CC Sabathia, and I was scared 
to uh, all ends, and I thought we were going to lose that game. Of course, CC Sabathia pitched great, and we wound up winning that game. Uh, but that was no slight to Corey Kluber. I still think he is a great pitcher. That was three years ago, though, and I know last year, you know, of course it was an injury-shortened season, but he was injured, and he only played a few. Uh, he only played a few games. He pitched a few innings, and I think most yep. of it was as a reliever. I believe uh, so. Yeah. I think we are going to be putting him as a reliever on our team. Um, I do think they will try and get him as a starting pitcher. Uh, and I think, honestly, I think it is a great a great signing as well. I think for one year, it's kind of a prove-it deal to him. I think it's kind of just show us that you are worthy, so to speak, of this New York Yankee endless bank account that we love to kind of give to these players. Um, so I think, you know, he knows that if he has a great year this year, uh, he could potentially help us win a ring. He could, as well as get a huge contract next year. Um, yep. So I, I think it is a great. I think it's a great signing. Um, you know, are, are we any more World Series contenders slash projected winners than we were before? Uh, I would think maybe a little bit, but at, at, again, we have a pretty stacked roster right now already. So we're kind of in that mix, you know, just to begin with. Um, yep. Pop three, I would say range, you know? Uh, so I do like the deal. Um, I think he will fit in very nicely in the rotation. Um, I think at this point, uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, um, you know, I, I would, I don't even know who our number one would be at this point next year. I think I would like to say it's Severino cause I'm a big Severino fan, mm. uh, but uh, you know, he is coming back. I, oh, if I, what I believe to be Tommy John or some sort of injury, um, Tanaka has looked good, but, uh, you know, I, he, there was some rumor that he was going to try and leave to go back to Japan, but I, I think he's, as of right now, he's still staying. Um, James Paxton, uh, man, uh, I, don't, I don't even, is he a free agent? I don't even know. But, uh, I honestly don't know, man. I mean, either way, I don't care. Uh, he has shown <laughs> me that he really can't cut it under the big lights. I think that's all it is. I think he's just unable to pitch in this huge market that is New York compared to Seattle where he spent most of his career in. Um, so other than that, I mean, Domingo Herman, you know, he's going to be a, a third or fourth uh, string pitcher. Um, so I think at this point, uh, you know, we have a great roster. We have some, we have some great pitching. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see uh, <laughs> how we do next year. Um, I'm excited to watch some New York baseball again. No, I hear that. Uh, Mike, the Mr. Clares, thank you for commenting, bud. Steven, your you, cousin. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, it's good to hear from my buddy. I'm uh, happy to happy to see he's enjoying the show. Uh, so I'm, uh, it's good to see you, Mike. Yep. Uh, Mike, good to see you, too. Hopefully we can uh, all catch up one day. But um, now I just want to go back to the DJ contract. With his contract, not too sure how much you know about the luxury tax within the ML MLB. I know when uh, my last year in college, I had to take this sports economic class as part of my minor. I wasn't very good at economics, and the whole thing was just a nightmare. I like we had to use Excel, and you know how we have to do merch some nights yeah. for shows. It was like that, and I was lost. And well, if if my co if our coworkers are watching, they'll understand how lost I was with how lost I get with uh, merch settlements. Listen, but, I can tell you, I can tell you, I am just as bad with Excel <laughs> and all that. So it's no slide on you. <laughs> so with the luxury tax, it, it it's it's huge because depending on wh where you stand, um, I think if you sign your a player that was already on your team, you avoid the luxury tax. But if you add somebody else, you get hit with the luxury tax. I know the Mets were going to go through this. Um, Steve Cohen, our new owner, was uh, was looking at, uh, I think it was Springer, uh, to bring him on for 100 mil, 150 mil for whatever years. But I think he was going to get hit with the luxury tax. And with the luxury tax, it's just – it's a lot. Because when I was doing the research um, for my class, it was a lot of different steps because it's like, well, this gets impacted by this. So if you guys really want to learn about the luxury tax, don't don't listen it from me from my my mouth because I'll be probably giving you wrong information. Go Google it. Oh, there'll be somewhere that explains it. Um, but so I also did read. I don't know if you saw this, but MOB is thinking of doing a seven inning doubleheader starting this year. So. And double headers, if there's a rain out, 
they usually play the next day to make up the lost game. Usually, right now, it's still the nine innings, which could last, you know, up to probably eight hours, give or take, with the two of them combined, depending on how long it is. Um, And we both know having a double back-to-back with having double shows back-to-back. And so now they want to cut it down to seven innings for a doubleheader. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so so here's the thing. Um, I personally am not 100% for it. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why uh, in, in just a second. Um, you know, recently the MLB as a whole has been trying to do a lot to try and make the sport more consumable, to yep. all ages, try to make it modernized almost. They've done a lot with this, these mound visits, and uh, now there's a clock in between innings that can only go so long. Uh, it's all these things. You know, it, it's wide, you know, it's widely known that MLB is the one sport, major sport, that really doesn't have a time limit, you know, so to speak. Um, here's the thing. I, I think at some point you have to kind of draw a line and say, when is this, when are we going to just accept that baseball is baseball and some of these changes that they're trying to make are going to really cut into the sport itself and are going Mm. to, you know, are going to almost be a a bridge too far almost in terms of what we're trying to change with this sport. I know personally, I went to Boston a few years ago for a Yankees game, Uh, Mm -hmm. Yankees Boston rivalry, you know, it's the biggest rivalry in the league. Uh, And there was the potential to go to a doubleheader that day. There was a, we went to, we had tickets to the night game Mm -hmm. and uh, we, and there was a game that was being played in the afternoon. And I remember I was so adamant on going to that second game and I really wanted to enjoy a doubleheader. I don't think the players enjoy it as much as the fans do, but I loved the thought of going to be able to watch a day full of baseball. Now, do I think that the double headers are going to be plentiful next year? Um, I don't know. Depending on how, how drastic they're going to make these coronavirus regulations, I would like to think that they'll be more relaxed next year, um, that they're not going to try and push these games in, you know, on such a tight schedule. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, I don't think that there will be that many double headers hopefully next year, but I think I'm really not for it. Uh, I, I really don't, I don't, you know, I, I mean, what if, if you're going to make a double header, you know, seven innings, uh, you know, what is, what are four innings really going to be? You know, I mean, like if, you know, two innings from the first game and two innings from the second, that's four innings. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I really don't think that there is going to be um, that much the, uh, of, you know, that they're trying to save compared to how much they're going to lose. I think they're going to cut. I think that this is one of those things that they're going to just cut into the integrity of the sport. Uh, it's going to be something that's a little bit different. Uh, and I'm just not a big fan of it. I don't know about you, though, Joe. You know, I see what they're trying to do because they're trying to appe- get yeah. the appeal of more people, speed up the game. But I I look at it like you as more of – not as a fan perspective, but more as in like an operations perspective, as more of a like an ownership perspective. You cut a game down to seven innings, you got a double header, but you're losing, like you were saying, at least four four innings. So that's four innings of so that's four innings of popcorn, hot dogs, yep. beer, all that other stuff that right now those teams lost because yeah. they didn't have fans. And at least I know that um MLB's said that they came out with clubs you're starting on time with spring training we're starting the season on time they came out with that with either last week or the week before which is great news um but i see it as i understand they want to appeal more more fans and whatnot but at the same time from when i was going to game as a child with my dad we were there at the ballpark for like maybe three, four hours. You know, you get there early and then you want to see warm-ups, what have you. But now the game is like you get – like I'm a big Met fan. So yeah. I'll get to City Field like maybe 10, 15 minutes right before the game starts between traffic and all that stuff. And then you're out of there by like 9, 9.30. Yeah. If it's a 7.05 game and I'm like, yeah, but I – you know, I, I, I understand they want to shorten the game, but at the same time, like I don't mind going longer. Cause I'm enjoying it, you know, like, like these, uh, like these times in between 
the batter can't keep stepping out. I'm like, let the guy step out for an extra five seconds. What's it going to do? It's not going to kill anybody in the stands. But, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of hope they – because they were thinking about that this offseason, well, for 2020 season, um, I because with the, the, the COVID regulations and all that stuff, I kind of hope they don't. And if they do, they try it in the spring training sessions and not during the regular season or try it towards the end. Of the play. Try it when teams are completely out of yeah. the playoff race. Like, yeah. um, obviously your Yankees probably won't be out of it. I don't know about my Mets either. They will or they won't. But, like, try it for, like, I may, I'm just going to throw out, like, a team like the Diamondbacks, for example, if they're completely out of it and they're playing another team that's completely out of it, see how it goes there. I'm honest. I don't blame Start that. Start there and then see how it goes. If it's if it's worth trying for the rest of the league, give it a shot. But yeah. That- so now I, I just want to say one thing. Going back on what you said yeah. about you know leaving uh, a Mets game at nine to nine thirty uh, for a game at a seven oh five start, I think that might be more of a comment on the Mets' atrocious hitting, kind of hitting into a three out, three and outs every inning. Um, but well, I, don't that. I, I know personally as a Yankee fan, I'm used to staying a lot later, so I'm just saying. Oh. Uh, but oh, okay. I, do, I do like the Francisco Lindor signing. Just saying. Yeah. But, uh, no, that that signing's big. More about that, but uh, I do understand what you're saying from a from a uh, uh, from a Yankee perspective. I I do also think that for the most part, I've been going to Yankee games now, and they have been ending uh, a lot sooner than they used to. Uh, I think there has been. I think there has been a, a a pretty big effort to kind of shorten the game, and I think they've done a lot. Um, so with this doubleheader, I don't know how much is going to really be, uh, you know, a, a bit too much from, from at that point. And, and like you said, that uh, from an operational perspective, they are going to lose a lot of money. So I'm surprised the owners really even think that are even thinking about this at that point. Yeah, I don't know if it's been proposed to the ownership yet. I know the um, the head of the MLB, the commissioner, has been thinking about it. I'm not too sure where they're where they are. I was trying to do some research on it. Um, you know, yesterday, but oh, so, uh, uh, Rob Manfred said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the same guy that called the Astros championship trophy, a piece of metal. So I, I really don't take much from it. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, coming the year Yankee fan. So you're used to saying later, I'm used to sitting in the parking lot for 20, 30 minutes um, d- before we get out of city field of parking, because it's, Depending oh, yeah, on how you yeah. leave, it's, it's uh, the, the subway. So <laughs> yeah, you you get the subway to the LIRR and off you go. I, I get into my car and be like, all righty. So uh, let's see how long this takes. Yeah, it might be um, the New York science for a pretty good, pretty long amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I get I get to know what's good, what's going on. I, I I get to really examine City Field sometimes. I'm like, all righty. Or I get to watch other people nearly collide with myself because they're trying to cut in front. But besides that, so. Before I let you go, yeah. Um, I, did you watch any of the Islander Ranger games this past week? Oh, you know what? To be honest with you, I, I I've been really full speed ahead on on football. That I kind of have not been able to watch a lot of the hockey games, but I'm going to start watching them now. Uh, I, I want to give the NHL as much support as I can. Uh, I know that the they have come out and said that they're probably losing more money than they're making by having this season. So I do want to go out and, and try to give another viewer to them and make it seem uh, make it to them. You know, seem like their uh, their play has been appreciated. So I'm going to start watching. Yeah, no, check check them out. I mean, both teams are yeah. doing pretty good right now. So I, I wasn't sure. I know we used to have talks in the office and stuff. If we watched, or you would put the game on and give me updates. But uh, whatever. Um, but listen, man. Buddy, this was fun. Oh, of course. Man. I enjoyed I'm, it. I hope you had fun. Of course with you, buddy. Um, it was great to talk Ravens. I find, uh, got more history of you uh, on how you became a Ravens fan. Um, Hank from Big Blue Avenue says, uh, definitely enjoyed the NHL. Great sport. Let's go Rangers. Sorry, James. No problem, oh, Hank. Listen, oh. we got He's a big Rangers fan. Um, so he's actually – him and Tom do Big Blue Avenue tomorrow. Um, they're going, I think, 7 to 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Check them out. They're doing a whole New York Giant recap. So make sure you check them out. Uh, make sure you subscribe and like to our YouTube page. Subscribe and like uh, like and follow our Facebook page. Um, that's where all our shows get uploaded. Steven, you know what? Since you brought up 
brought up uh, Conor McGregor and all that stuff. I got to talk to you. Maybe we can try to figure something out. To I'm not too big into that. I would get all my updates from you or like stand behind you while you watch it. But maybe. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I, uh, I would love to, yeah. If, if, uh, if you want to have somebody on to talk MMA, uh, I am probably, uh, a good bet for you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I'd, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to come on to talk with you about that. I'd also, uh, love to come out and talk, uh, the draft in a few months with the, yeah. uh, the Ravens and the, and the Giants. So we'll see how everything stacks up. Uh, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a good, good time to be a sports fan right now. I'm just glad everything's on with everything going on in the world. Oh, no, I, I completely agree. Um, so with that being said, thank you again for joining me. Hope everybody liked listening, following, and all that stuff. Uh, definitely a good time seeing you again. Hopefully I can see you face-to-face, not oh, through, so. yeah. through a screen in the next few months. Um, but on that note, thank you, Stephen, for joining me. Thank um, you, James from Reaving Preview doing a little special thing with Stephen on Wednesdays. You guys have a good night. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And I will see everybody on Tuesday again on a review and preview. So take it easy, guys.